Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of MGR Unplugged. Um, today I'm recording this on um, Thursday, October 3rd. Not sure when you're going to listen to it, but uh, just for the record, in case we refer to any um, events, uh, date specific, you know that we are recording this on October 3rd, 2019. Um, today we have, um, uh, last week we, we actually discussed uh, longevity of some issues that were more of lifestyle things, and I think it was pretty interesting. It's based on books and things that we're reading right now, and, and it's, it's a topic that I actually like uh, quite a bit. Um, if you missed that episode and you are remotely interested in living longer, um, I recommend that you listen to it, but specifically go to the show notes too, because we, we link to a couple of books and articles that are very specific um, from people that actually are experts in the topic, unlike us just talking about it. Um, so, um, yeah, do that. Just go to, to last week's episode and take a look at it and see if you like it. Uh, but today is actually uh, more back to our marketing uh, expertise and uh, specifically we're going to discuss a little bit more of uh, advertising metrics. And, you know, we deal with a lot of campaigns and we're just going to discuss or comment on mostly questions that we get from our clients over time as, as far as how advertising is measured and, you know, um, campaign results and how we measure uh, traffic to the websites and all that stuff. And it's getting a little more confusing every day, even though technology is improving, it gets a little more confusing. And uh, I forgot who said, um, I always like this quote saying, uh, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. The trouble is that I don't know which half. I was going to say that. I was going <laughs> to mention that quote because you always say, I know it's your favorite I always quote. Say, it's, it's, I think it's... Uh, it's um, Wanamaker, John Wanamaker, he was a pioneer uh, advertising person from uh, the 1800s. Uh, uh, he's famous for, I think I'm pronouncing the name right, Wanamaker. Um, but um, the thing that's amazing to me is. By the way, the other person talking is David Gill. Yes, hello. Um, the thing that's amazing to me is that I thought that by now. It's funny because we were having an issue yesterday with one of our tracking things uh, for one of our clients, and I was saying. Why in 2019? It's going to be 2020 in a few months. I know you were still upset with me. I, know, I, could do it. I, I was upset. I was more <laughs> just venting. I was like, why is it still so hard to track things in 2020? We, the internet tracking has been around for 25 well, plus years and, now. And that is the core of the discussion because even though we have many more or much more technology these days to be able to track everything, we also have many more what we call touch points. And, uh, it's, and it's hard to, it, it, not so much the tracking, which also is difficult, but also the attribution. is who gets the credit. The tracking, the attribution, the uh, people still use metrics that I think are uh, overrated or in some cases I think met a lot of metrics are useless but people and, and they don't understand right, right so we're gonna get into that now in a second but um, so so the core of it is that uh, you know you're a typical um, business it doesn't have to be e-commerce but let's say that you're um, a business and you have some kind of e-commerce uh, component on your business meaning that you saw something through your website and it could be uh, it could be a hotel selling rooms or it could be a um, um, retailer selling t-shirts or widgets or whatever it doesn't matter or simply a website that just is an information or website where you're not selling anything just basically having a, a so website how do you know your marketing is working and what should you look at yeah to make sure that it is working? but it gets more complicated when you actually do campaigns obviously you just want to track visitors to your website who goes where which pages are more visited i think that's pretty well covered i mean every, yeah but that's every, not the, what matters what matters uh, well, is yeah, the, the money and that's what people care about obviously exactly and, and and especially when you get to advertising that's where it becomes critical how how you spend your money and what roi is each advertising channel giving you to to determine whether you put more money there or 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 less then, or, or nothing at all i think the biggest challenge is not just with attribution on because there's attribution models, and I'll let you talk about that because I know you love talking about various attribution models, but it's how do you attribute things that are unattributable? Like how do you account for brand when you're looking at performance marketing? How do you account for this piece of content? It's like, okay, maybe this piece of content. Like, I think one thing that was popular a few years ago was like, quote unquote, viral marketing. That was like a big thing mm -hmm. for a while. But really, there would be a lot of things that go viral, and a lot of people see it, but it doesn't actually turn into sales. Right. And that's, obviously, that's more in, some, yeah. in some cases, it can, but it's like, okay, how do you know that you did this viral marketing campaign and a million people saw your ad or whatever? 
but they didn't buy anything directly. But then because then they saw that ad and they kept you in the back of their mind and then they saw a couple ads for you and then six months later they ended up buying. You have no idea that they actually came from that viral market, exactly, exactly. but they really did. And, and that, uh, to be honest, um, that will never be able to be. I mean, even even the the major advertising providers and platforms tell you, measuring advertising is never going to be a hundred percent accurate. I'm not saying that we are the fifty percent. I don't know which one it works or whatever, but um, you can be fairly accurate. But but the main thing is that you need to kind of take a step back and then look at the bigger picture, right? And and start looking at. Well, how much money you actually invest, and it's not a—it's not a matter of spending money in advertising. You're always investing. It's not different than any other investment. You, whether you uh, pay for a trade show booth or whatever form of marketing you do, you're always putting some money with the hope or with the goal of ret- getting the money in return exponentially. Whether it's two, three, four times uh, what you spend, and that's your investment. So in the case of advertising, it's just exactly the same. And obviously, each company knows their own uh, gross numbers, net numbers, customer lifetime values, and things like that. So they can see whether that expense in general, the advertising budget, returns customers that way. So uh, so it, to go back to the origin, we, we'll start discussing, okay, well, every website will normally have some kind of analytics software. And honestly, the majority of them use uh, Google Analytics if it's properly installed that should be sufficient for the average uh, website to just track, you know, visitors and where they come from and how many are their referrals versus direct traffic and uh, search engine traffic and so forth. So you're just trying to see, you know, it's, it's like the uh, electronic. Bless me. Sorry. That was David sneezing, by the way. <laughs> if you hear some slurping, it's me because he also brought me a nice uh, coffee from uh, Starbucks. Uh, anyway, so back to the uh, the, the, the uh, analytics. If you um, analytics is almost like the um, the electronic or the website version of typical. You know, you go to Disneyland or anything, and you walk through a turnstile, and then they count visitors. They say, okay, every time you turn the thing, they say, okay, I have one, two, three. And some people even have clickers on their hands to count visitors. So now, obviously, we have more sophisticated methods to see where they came from, if they are direct, if they are from search engine, if they are other stuff is very basic and I'm not gonna expand to that because our audience already knows it. But then when you get to advertising, you start adding uh, pixels and tracking numbers and um, tag managers and things like that to the website and then it gets a little more complicated because now you're trying to see which advertising channel is generating how much revenues and where they come from and attribution windows and all that. So that's where things start getting a little more difficult specifically because what happens is that they don't necessarily talk to each other as we know. So if you, uh, and which ones can you trust? Well, because yeah, every, every, every ad platform, whether it's Facebook or Google or whoever, wants to take credit exactly. for as many sales as possible. So right. that's why you'll always want to use your own system and not rely on just Facebook. It's fine. You you can use it as a guide. But at the end of the day, you need to be looking at your own numbers because they're going to try to take credit for everything. And there's always going to be overlap. And that's why it's on you to ultimately try to get the best understanding of your metrics and not rely on a Facebook or Google. And, and that's what I told clients. I said, you know, listen, the best way to verify, if you look at your Facebook analytics, let's say that you have a, you're running a Facebook campaign, you're running a, some kind of Google Ads campaign, uh, then you're running a third-party campaign with uh, another company, uh, whether it's double-click or doing your own thing. Then you have some other campaigns that you do on your own, and you have your own tracking created via um, uh, campaign tracking with Google Ads or anything. I mean, sorry, uh, Google um, uh, Campaign Tracker, the UTM. So when you add all the revenues that you see from the different channels. Let's say you go to Facebook and you say, oh, my campaign with Facebook made um, $55,000 and my other campaign with um, Google Ads made like $60,000 and the other campaign with this other third-party vendor made whatever. Okay, you add it all up and you say, oh yeah, all my marketing made a quarter million dollars this month or this six months or whatever. But then you go to your bank account or however you reconcile your revenues and your actual purchases and you say, hmm, I only see 180 or 190 and where's the other 60? Well, that is basically because each channel is taking credit for the same thing twice. Right. And that's where things start getting tricky because you try to eliminate duplicated uh, tracking, you know. But and that's why it comes 
it becomes very important for the uh, uh, person running the marketing campaigns to make sure that there is no overlap with the attribution windows, which will never be um, exact, but it has to be as close as possible so that you don't have a lot of overlap and everybody claims to have made $50,000 and then in reality you only made 45 versus 50 times 3. So that's the key part that is, is very difficult. And to be honest, a lot of marketing managers and marketing directors that we work with don't even know how that works. And they just want to present good numbers and they almost prefer <laughs> not to find the truth because the false truth uh, makes them look better. And that's a little controversial, but that's exactly how things are. Well, yeah, but it depends on who's running the company. Because right. if, if the person running the company is saying, I want to know the real numbers, they're going to say, I don't care about the BS metrics. Mm -hmm. I want to know the real numbers. Absolutely. When you deal with business owners, the conversation is completely different. They are actually very uh, <clears throat> analytical, uh, no pun intended, and they want to see, okay, yeah, you're telling me that I made $100,000 with the campaign, but I look at my bank account and my deposits from the credit card statement, all that stuff, and all the purchases and all that stuff, and they only have my, half of that. My favorite is, we're not going to name any names, but we had a, this is a while back, but we had a client that we absorbed from another agency, and the agency was reporting I think they called it impression value or oh, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they said, oh, you got 2 million impressions. And based on that, that's worth $100,000. So we're attributing basically 100,000. It's like, you, you didn't get 100,000 in sales. They were like, I mean, it was terrible. It was like five grand in sales. But they were saying, oh, but we it was worth $100,000 impression value. So they would put on their report at the end of the month saying, uh, total value 100 grand. It's like this is completely right. Bullshit. And an eight to one ROI, you know, that's that. Needless to say, that agency got fired, um, was basically <laughs> fired because uh, everything came around. But that's so, real, and so, they try to take advantage because a lot of people don't know. You hire an agency, you expect to trust them, but if they give you BS metrics and you well, don't know I mean, about I it, I always make a lot of analogies with actually investing. And if I go to my or myself to any uh, my brokerage accounts or anything, or you go to an investment advisor and your financial advisor and you say, okay, yeah, your money made, this stock made this, or this stock made that, and you just believe it and you think that you've, I mean, you made all this money. And then when it comes down to actually looking at your portfolio, it's like, wait a minute, where's all that? Because I didn't make that money. It's like, okay, you can see it. You can see that I didn't return the 10% that your advisor was telling you, you know? So, but let's get into more more specifics here so so we can provide some value to our to our listeners. So. If you have um, analytics, like Google Analytics on your website, uh, let's say that you run a, let's be more specific, and you also have a Shopify store. And then uh, you look at your, Shopify provides also analytics for their own traffic. Uh, then I think it's very common to look at Google Analytics and say, oh, I had um, X number of visitors and sessions and this and that, whereas I go to, my store analytics, which is in this case Shopify analytics, and those numbers don't match. So why don't they match? Well, it could be for a variety of reasons, and that's because each metric or each platform measures visitors in a different way. And even within analytics and other systems, you will find different, um, different numbers. It's just not uh, possible to do it the same way. For example, <clears throat> Google likes to uh, measure sessions. And they also like to measure visitors. So let's say that um, you have one visitor that comes to your website directly, and they visit, they go to two, three, four pages, they leave, then later on, they go to Facebook, and they see an ad for you or something, or even they go to your Facebook page, and then they link to your website, and the same visitor goes to your website, and um, that's it. So you have, according to analytics, you have one visitor and you have two sessions. Basically, the same person came twice. Right. However, the cart or the Shopify software may say that you had two visits because you have one visit that came one time, another visit that came another time. And that's the same as like on Facebook. <clears throat> I actually prefer to look at reach versus impressions because basically, you know, the same person could see the same ad more than once. And so a lot of times I think it's actually better to look at, the, obviously they charge by impressions, but if you want to see how many people actually saw my ad, that's why I prefer the reach metric, because that says how many individual people saw it. Right. And, and this is, you, you were referring to an actual ad. I, I was just talking about not even an ad, just a normal metric without even having a campaign involved, just looking at your traffic and you, 
and you look at one metric like analytics or one system and you say so you had like um, 4,000 visits and 6,000 sessions and then uh, the other one says no, no you have 7,000 visitors and it's like okay how is this measured you know and the other thing is obviously to to have uh, google analytics work properly you need to have um, the browser with javascript enabled you have to accept cookies you have to do a lot of things uh, which normally are default unless the person says no i don't want to be tracked or i'm doing incognito uh, browsing which which case you can go to the website 10 times but, right, but there's a lot of companies like apple like we discussed recently mm -hmm. now they changes to safari exactly. is only 24-hour cookies exactly for cross domain that that's what we discussed that it's going to change uh change the uh, the the value of the metrics and we're going to have to work around like we discussed doing the the tracking at the server level versus at the browser level right because the main all those thing numbers, they are doing is the cross domain which obviously if you're running ads on any other platform it's going to be cross domain and uh so that's basically hurting a lot of the Facebook and Google and whatever ad other ad platform metrics that you're using that they only let you do cross domain tracking cookies for 24 hours right. when it used to be seven days. Exactly. So so that's the numbers that it's important to look at, but also don't get too hung up on, on whether you did this or that or you had these visitors versus the other visitors because there's always going to be discrepancies. Even, even when you compare two Google platforms like Google Ads, formerly AdWords, basically their advertising campaign, and Google Analytics, which is this analytics software just for traffic, and you compare the two numbers, they actually differ all the time. If you look at people that came for the campaign and you look at AdWords, that is very, very accurate or Google Ads for the campaigns because that's based on cookies, tracking pixels, and so forth. They tell you exactly the impressions, the click-throughs, the conversions, everything is very accurate there. If you're just using Google Analytics to see connected to AdWords what it does, then you may have different numbers because again we're looking at sessions versus visitors versus cookies uh, uh, javascript everything else so um, those numbers may no match and then you can go even further and do uh, enable enhanced e-commerce on google analytics to allow you to have different layers of information but still analytics is never going to be able to get the numbers for other conversions that happen not immediately, but they happen within a certain conversion window. Your Google Ads platform is set up by your marketing company or by yourself with a certain conversion window for click-through conversions, uh, view-through conversions, and so forth, whereas analytics doesn't keep track of that. So analytics is going to tell you, yeah, this person came from a, from a campaign uh, from Google, and then um, they clicked on the ad and they purchased. Perfect. That's all a clean, a clean purchase but hardly ever that is the case. You hardly ever see an ad for the first time, click on it and buy right away. Most of the times you're gonna have to be exposed to that ad or different types of ads multiple times before you actually decide to purchase. And that's when the way you track the purchase is very important as far as who gets the attribution for the ad or for the purchase and then how you measure that purchase down the road as far as how much value you give it based on where people came from. So, I mean, all those things are, are really um, critical when it comes to tracking your campaign results. And uh, you can't just look at the surface on a spreadsheet or something and say, okay, well, I got this traffic or even an online report. Most of the times it's like um, you need to look at multiple sources and start putting the information together and understanding the information. Yeah, and ultimately, the, the ultimate uh, truth is the bank account at the end of the day. Well, yeah, exactly. Know? I mean, even though, even though many times, I mean, sometimes you don't have access to the bank account because it belongs to the investors or it belongs to somebody else or whatever. I mean, you can look at the bank account, but it's just... But, but it's, I mean, or you could, I say bank you know, account, in the, in but the it medical, could be like in Shopify's case, look at the money on Shopify. They can't lie. They're going right. to tell you the real dollars. But, but I, I just kind of thought about this because in the medical profession, for example, when they need to do some kind of surgery, we know that when they may do an x-ray and the x-ray exposes certain views of the location that needs to be operated on, but then they're not sure. So then they go to an MRI, which is a magnetic uh, resonance imagery, which is different. And then they do an ultrasound that shows a different thing. They actually have different ways to look at a certain part of your body from different technologies. And then 
the, the three, four different experts get together and say, yes, this is what we need to make the decision. This is what we need to do. And again, I'm not a doctor, but I've been in situations where I've seen that happen with friends, surgery and things like that. And uh, so, so they cannot just look at an x-ray and say, okay, yeah, we need to do this because sometimes the x-ray is not going to show the full picture. And then they go to the MRI and show something different. And then the ultrasound shows even something even more different. And so they have to do like different tests to see the full picture. And this is what's happening with, with uh, analytics and metrics these days, that you have uh, different platforms working together, but each of them is measuring things differently. So you have to have different uh, pieces of information that you can really put together and get the gist of it and understand what is working or not. You can no longer just look at the surface of the headline and say, oh yeah, we our campaign did great, or, or no, it didn't do great. You know, Any uh, comments, David? I thought you were kind of nodding or... <laughs> No, yeah, I think that's a good analogy. Well, I mean, the other thing is that we're looking at, um, you know, you mentioned something about metrics that work and metrics that don't. Um, I remember back in the days when websites were just content, people were obsessed with time on the page, number of pages, and all that stuff. That to me right now is completely irrelevant. Uh, bounce rates. Well, Tom, it depends on what it is. Time on page, if it's like the t when I look at time on page, is for example, if we write an article and I want to see, okay, did the people yeah, exactly. read it or did they just click on the headline and then they stopped? If I see, okay, here I wrote an article and the average time on page is three minutes, okay, that means people are probably reading it. Right. If it's 30 seconds, that means they're probably not. So that's when I look at it. But yeah, if you're sending people to a landing page or something, uh, time on page isn't that relevant. You care just more about how many people click through and then end up converting. That's what you care more about. Right. I mean, exactly. But the, the people need to understand. I mean, you, you cannot just look at the average uh, time on page and say, oh, no, people are staying on our website. They don't have any, we don't have any stickiness or anything. Or, or, or they only go to 1.2 pages and then they leave. Or, you know, any of those metrics. Or the bounce rate is like 90%. Everybody leaves. Okay, let's, let's pause for a second and see what each of those metrics means. So we don't go crazy for something that is totally irrelevant. Time on page means, as you said, the time to spend on the page. Some pages are just a doorway. They can just say, land here, go somewhere else. So, or, or they, they only have headlines on the pages. And then like blog articles and blog pages, they have uh, headlines on the page, on the home page, And then they say, okay, click here, click there, whatever. So the purpose of that page is to send people to another page, not so much to read that page. So, right. so you know, I think time on page, website average time on page, when they just take the average of all, is like a completely worthless right. metric. And, and today's, you want to look at it on a page-by-page page basis. Right, and today's browsing, the attention span today, people go to a website, whether they come from mobile, which is more than 50% of the times now, majority of the time is mobile or tablets, or, then, or on a desktop. And normally, there's like a, like a touch and go. It's like a hit and run, whatever analogy you want. They go look at something quick and take off. They look something quick and take right. off. So let's take a few seconds. I can go to any, any site, whether it's news, information, sports. I look something quickly and then take off. There's nothing else that I need to see. I just wanted to see one quick thing. So, but those 10 seconds, 15 seconds were very effective to me because I was there. Now, the other thing is the number of pages that you go through. If your website, the goal, and that's something that is good for advertisers, and that's what we are seeing so much clickbait and trips and tricks, sorry, for websites to show to advertisers that they have more pages. Um, have you ever been to one of these yeah, that, photo galleries or things a, when you say, that's a check out the top 10 uh, you know, places to vacation in the US, the most exotic destinations, right, and you go there. Different topic yeah well but they're no. optimizing for page views yes but that's because of advertising what right, they want right. to make sure you you can have easily a list of the top 10 places to to vacation in the u.s and you have a page where you have number one two three four all 10 on one page but no they do it so you have the first one oh you can go to uh, hawaii and this and that click on our page you can go to this right. so guess what you want to see the 10 is a 10 page view then they can serve you 10 ads and right. it also helps with I forget what company, there's been a few media companies got in trouble because basically there were acquisitions and they were acquired based on the idea that they had 100 million page views. But they said, really, it's a, it's, it right. should be like exactly. 10 million. So that's the, the fraudulent part of the advertising. When you see that they, they send you to see a photo gallery or ten, top 10 of these or that or whatever, and then you had to flip through 10 different photo galleries and then you see the navigation, the URL changes each time. That's because they want to balloon um 
just basically increase their page views right. for no reason. But that on the advertising exactly side, I, I, I should say on the the sales side, the other side, you don't want to have a ton of pages because obviously you're gonna, that's a ton of friction. Right. You want to have at most one or two pages. If you have more than two pages, that's not going to be an effective funnel. Which, which leads me to the other most, uh, what I think is the most misunderstood uh, metric on Google Analytics, which is the uh, bounce rate. People think that having a 90% bounce rate or a 100% bounce rate is really bad and having a 30% bounce rate is beautiful. Okay, let's understand what a bounce rate is and how Google describes it. Because not all pages, basically a bounce rate is when you come to the website, land on a page, whatever page is, could be a uh, whatever, any information page, homepage, whatever, and then you leave after that. Okay, first of all, there's nothing wrong with that. You can go to see this the scores of a game or something, see the score and leave. That's it. Bounce rate 100%. But no, you saw what you wanted to see. Secondly, you can be taken to a landing page from a campaign that the whole purpose of that campaign is to stay on one long conversion optimized landing page. So you read it and read it and read it. And then finally you click through and go somewhere else to make your purchase or learn more or buy this or whatever or book something. Okay, bounce rate 100%. But you actually had a landing page that did the job. And then you didn't go anywhere else on the website. You just basically bounced off the website. Third example, you have a campaign where you have people try to um, book something or reserve something or download something, whatever. You have a page that is with a form that says fill out this form and download this uh, white paper. Right. We have, we have lead pages where we send people and all they have exactly. to do is fill in an email exactly. and the bounce so, rate is 90 something So the whole purpose of a page of a campaign is to send people to a place where they leave their email address for future newsletters. And then they do that, which is exactly your conversion, which in this case is leave me your email address or fill out this RFP or a request for proposal or quote or something. And then they leave. That was the whole purpose. Okay, well, that page is going to show bounce rate 100%. No, it doesn't matter. You got what you wanted. Whereas other pages, it's like, oh, no, this page was here, but then they went somewhere else or whatever, whatever. And then it's right. well, all the state of the page all this time. Or you know, you don't want a bounce rate would be like if someone goes to your homepage. Hopefully, if they go to your homepage, then they'll go and you have some information on your homepage. If they're more interested, they go to internal pages. If you have a high bounce rate on your homepage, then maybe that's something to look at. You say, okay, well, we want people to go to our internal pages. It, it's very context dependent. I think, I think the big mistake that people make is, like we said, like looking at the site averages. That's so useless because I don't care what someone's time on pages for a landing page as long as they're converting. For an article, I do want them to have a long time on page because I want them to read it. That's why I write the article, you know, and if they're not reading it, that means it's probably not a good article and I should look at why they're not reading it. You know, so it's super context dependent on the page. Looking at site averages is really useless. It's like saying, you know, like when you look at if you if you if you have one person that makes uh, 10 grand a year and another person makes 100 and you say, well, the average is 55,000. It's like, well, okay, that's not even close to what either of them makes. You know what I mean? So that's mm -hmm. why I think site average is, is just terrible. Right, right. But that's, that's the thing. I mean, there's a lot of metrics. If you, if you go behind the numbers, you start understanding what the numbers mean. But when you don't really understand the numbers and you just want to look good versus be good, uh, then you start looking at, oh, like even visitors. I mean, you say, Hey, I, uh, last month we had 100,000 visitors, and this month we only have 80,000. So what? Uh, I'd rather have one visitor that buys my entire inventory than 100 visitors that are just browsing around. So are we looking at quality versus quantity? or right. You know, it's easy. You can get lots of low-quality impressions if, and, if you and want, visitors. Exactly, if you want traffic, if your goal is to look good, and just show your boss or whatever that you're having a lot of traffic. There's tons of techniques you can do to just drive traffic to your website. And then they don't buy anything. They don't do anything. They leave, whatever. Yeah, but every month we have more and more visitors. It's like, okay, at some point you're going to realize where is the money, okay? Because, I, again, you, I'd rather have like 50 people that come and purchase and then I'm sold out. I don't need any more visitors than having 100,000 visitors per month that are buying nothing. Yeah, it's going to look good. Um, the numbers are increasing. All that stuff is great. But at the end of the day, you're going to shut the business because you don't sell a single widget. You know, so, so uh, the point is that numbers are just numbers. It's what's behind the numbers that matter. And, and I would expect marketing managers and directors and business owners to understand that there's a lot of uh, information that the numbers 
are just not showing and you need to fill in the blanks yourself and make it effective for your business. So, but aside from that, I wanted to also go through a little more of the marketing uh, strategies too and uh, describe a little bit what happens, which is very frequently with um, the typical situation where you buy something um, on one website, but you actually pay through another website. And that actually happens a lot of times. Um, it happens with uh, pretty much all the hospitality industry, when hotels, you go to a hotel website and then, especially independent hotels, where you go to a hotel website and you want to book a room, and then you're sent to a third-party booking engine. So for the customer, if it's done properly, it's a seamless transition. They still see the booking engine with the same branding, colors, look and feel, fonts, everything as the main website but they are in a completely different website, meaning different URLs. So it's a different domain as far as the tracking is concerned. So it's very important that when you set the tracking for your campaigns and for everything, that the second domain, which is the purchasing place, domain, booking engine, whatever, matches the information that you have on your main website, which is where people landed from your campaign. So that's what is called cross-domain tracking. And usually when you have a Google Tag Manager or GTM and it's properly installed with other proper layers and everything, it does that for you. Basically, you send people to a website from the ad, it tracks that you went there, and the same GTM code is installed on the second-party website, the second domain. And with the cross-domain tracking, they're both talking to each other. So if the person actually or the customer ends up buying something, booking something, and makes the purchase, then the uh, GTM gets the information and sends it back to the website so or to your campaign and then says, yes, this is a conversion and it's worth exactly this money to the penny. And that's how it works. Now, a lot of times we find out that, um, you know, when we get all new customers that they have campaigns where they set up the GTM very nicely on their own website and they don't realize that they never set it up on the uh, booking website or on the purchasing website or the shopping cart or the other domain that is actually where the transaction is taking place. And that also affects a lot of uh, e-commerce websites where they mask the domain like Shopify or something like that, that they have their own Shopify checkout um, platform and is different than the actual domain for the uh, for the website. So they, they sell all these purchases and everything, they sell all these, all these merchandise, but then they can't really track properly whether the purchase was attributed to this campaign or not. Obviously, a purchase is a purchase, a sale is a sale, and the numbers will be there. So we're not talking about losing sales, we're, we're talking about losing the tracking of how that sale was created, where it came from as far as the campaign. If it was attributed to a campaign that you spend money to advertise and somebody bought, or if it was just something that somebody landed on your website, liked the product, and ended up just buying it. And that's something that, you know, David uh, just, you know, uh, finds a lot when he deals with uh, most of our uh, e-commerce clients. Yeah, I mean, you want to have a balance between, it, it obviously, it's hard to tell a lot of times whether, because a lot of people, for example, this happens all the time. They see an ad on Facebook, they click on it, then they leave. And this is, gets into the attribution windows and all that. But say it's outside of, uh, you know, seven days or whatever. But then they say, oh, yeah, I really wanted to uh, buy that product. And then they search on Google and then they click on the Google. Maybe it's not even a Google ad, just an organic search. And so it looks like, oh, this person just found us organically and bought but really it's because they saw ads from somewhere else. And, and those situations happen all the time. Or it could be like we talk about the double attribution uh, taking credit. Like if you click on a Facebook ad and it, if it goes, you, if someone clicks on a Facebook ad, it goes to the website and all of a sudden they're being tracked and then they go to YouTube and they watch a YouTube video, but you have retargeting YouTube videos based on people who visit your website. And then they see a YouTube ad, they click on that and then they buy. YouTube and Google are taking the credit, but really they originally came from a Facebook and then they both could end up taking credit. It looks like two purchases, but really it's just one. You know what I'm saying? That happens all the time. That's the challenge. That's why at the end of the day, it's better to have your own uh, in-house uh, tracking and analytics and have one system that you really trust than relying on the Facebook reporting or the Google reporting, things like that. Well, as, yeah, more than in-house tracking, which obviously no company is going to have their own I system. I don't mean in-house. I mean <clears throat> you like need to have an in-house team or expert or some, 
or some third party agency that and knows everything that is taking place. In house isn't the right term. I meant more like an independent system, whether it right. be some Google Analytics or some other analytics software. There's a ton of them out there. I wouldn't just rely on like Facebook's reporting. You know, it's it's going to be mostly accurate, but there's always going to be a margin of error, and it, especially when you're if you're doing only Facebook ads and then maybe some Google ads here and there, okay, maybe for the most part you're good. But when you start doing Facebook and Pinterest and Snapchat and Google search and YouTube videos and Google display, and then you also are advertising on a podcast, you know, then the attribution gets insane. Exactly. And that's why it's, it gets much more complex. Right. Let me, let me throw another curveball to your attribution uh complications uh normally <clears throat> excuse me normally when you set up an attribution you have what is called the attribution window which means that you have two kinds of um attribution fairly i mean two major options you have the click through um and you have the view through click through is very clear you see an ad you click on it and then obviously it's attributed to you uh, view through is when you see an ad you don't even click on it but it's an impression and then they call it an imp impression assisted conversion which is amazingly is very common so it's like if you see a billboard yeah it's like the the electronic version or it's the website version of a billboard effect you drive on the freeway you see a billboard you read something hopefully while still keeping an eye on the road and then you know you have an impression and then if you remember something then you go to your office house whatever and then you end up buying or or doing something because it's, you saw the billboard it's funny i actually uh i forget if i read it or listened to a podcast but it was the founder of Tuft & Needle, which is a local Phoenix mattress mm -hmm. brand. And they were talking about how uh, they started doing a billboard campaign. I, I, I see them all over the place in Phoenix and in Phoenix and in other uh, areas. And they were saying that uh, going from, they were only digital marketing, right? They were a D2C company. And then they started expanding to physical. And they said, man, figuring out the tracking and attribution for billboards was like a whole endeavor but they said they came with a pretty unique method that they almost had to invent because they said there wasn't really any tracking. They, they doesn't yeah they, and, they give you impressions based on traffic through the highways right but obviously because they sell everything online so they said okay how do we know that this person saw our billboard and then because of the billboard ended up buying and so uh that's an extreme case most people aren't buying billboards these days i mean there are but uh in the digital world people aren't necessarily buying billboards but that's an example where Maybe some, I mean, I see billboards and it's more of a branding thing. And maybe that, like we talk about subliminal advertising, like it makes you think about them. It's not like you're converting right then and there. Obviously, you're driving probably, so don't pull out your phone and, and buy a mattress. But um, yeah, I mean, like it's the same thing with like a Super Bowl commercial. You know, it's not like you, you never see a Super Bowl commercial that says, oh, 20% off, buy now. No, it's all branding. It's all you see the Budweiser with the dog and the horses. They're not trying to get you to convert on a beer right there. It's it's branding. So how do you attribute that? Uh, that's the trick. Well, well, that's the thing. Basically, when you have a click-through conversion means that normally you have two attribution windows. They click through is more of an action where you actually see a banner ad or some kind of ad and you click through it and go to the website, landing page, whatever, but you don't actually buy the product just yet. You research everything else, but then you leave. So, but but we are already tracking that click-through uh, person. We have a cookie, basically, on, on the, the tags. Usually take care of that. They follow you, and then there's cross-device tracking, all that stuff. So that, that, that pixel is going to follow you no matter whether you're on your phone or your tablet or whatever, that Amazon is perfect for that stuff. You see those things everywhere. So the click-through usually has a 30-day or 28-day conversion window. Basically, it's somewhere around four weeks. So basically, you click on an ad and you don't buy anything, and then you you buy something from the ad within a 28-day 28, 28 window, 30 days sometimes, then um, you get the attribution for the, uh, for the sale, even though it doesn't happen immediately. Fair or not, that's how it usually is the standard, and all the advertisers do that. Uh, the view-through conversion is a little more uh, tricky because the view-through means that you may be scrolling through your uh, Facebook um, newsfeed or you may be scrolling on a website and then in that ad on the right-hand side that you don't even click on, you may not even see it or look at it, uh, it stays in front of you for like two, three seconds, then it's considered an impression. And then if for whatever reason you go and buy something later as a result of from that same company, but it could be from a different ad or from a different impression, from a different campaign, then the original 
add for the view through guest credit for that conversion, assuming that it happens within your conversion window, where it's called the look back window, which is usually, it could be one day or seven days. But it depends on your attribution model, right? Well, because I mean, it's, exactly. uh, they get a, a credit for a piece of it, depending on how you do it. It's not like they get the credit for the full sale. Well, that will be another topic too. But we know, for example, third-party advertisers that have a view through conversion that is, is set up for seven days. And so this is in, in the travel industry. So I think it's pretty common. Seven days is the most common. For uh, well, the default for, for Facebook is one day, and then you can increase it. But um, I think seven days nowadays is too much. Uh, but, but this is my conflict. Yeah. There's a lot of overlap in there. You see so many ads. Too, if you, if you advertise, let's say just travel, for example. If you advertise for travel, a hotel or a special offer or something in the Bahamas, and then you have a third-party agency that is putting banners over the place, and then they have that banner um, showing on websites and all that stuff. And then I also have uh, paid campaigns, display banners that are from Google Display or Facebook ads or whatever. So the person is coming to the website and is clicking on the ads and all that stuff. And then that same banner from another agency is showing on another website. But then when the person is clicking on the ad, it clicks on the ad that came from Google, for example, or maybe they just went direct to a traffic to the website. They they already know the website. They just went directly to a URL, the highly bookmarked, and they go ahead and book. So you have a direct booking that is attributed to the campaign, but the original agency that showed the ad, and if it's within the let's say seven day conversion window, takes credit for that conversion too. So they say, well, seven days is normal. You know, it's it's pretty common, and we we try to avoid overlapping and all that stuff, but it's impossible. It's impossible to avoid overlapping in those cases. So that's why it's important to have a full a full picture of the whole campaign and how much money you're spending versus how much money you're making. But you can't be so granular as far as going down to the penny, which is with each particular marketing channel, because you will never get the full picture. You're gonna get lost in the numbers versus being really effective with your marketing. Um, and the other thing that you were talking about is the uh, attribution models. So there used to be that most of the standard attribution models are what is called uh, last click attribution, meaning whoever is the last click, whether it's uh, direct traffic, uh, search engine organic, or any campaign or whatever, gets full credit for the conversion, which is just as bad as first click, which is the opposite. So if, if I have an ad on Google, for example, PPC, and I'm looking for, I don't know, best uh, watches on sale or something, and then I see an ad and I click on it, and then I don't do anything. I go to the company, I don't do anything, and then I go back and, you know, three days later or something, I start looking for watches somewhere else, and I end up buying one, then the first ad is going to take full credit for my conversion worse. After that, I probably went to a tons of different places and did more research and came from different places. So whether it's first click or last click, it really doesn't show you the full picture of the multi-touch points that you've had with, uh, with through your conversion, through your booking or purchasing journey. So we at FGR like to use more always called uh, weight-based attribution in which it's almost like a linear attribution where we give a certain percentage of uh, value to the first touch and a certain percentage of value to the last touch. And then we also give value to the ones in between, whether it's an email or a banner or a text ad or whatever. So we kind of spread the, the, the value of the right. ads and it, and through, through the different channels. Weight-based, meaning it's weighted. So if someone, if one ad is just a view through and another one is actually a click, the one that got a click is obviously going to be weighted much more heavily. It's going to get mm -hmm. much more of the credit than just a view through. Right. It's, it's also not completely accurate, but at least you kind of attribute a little bit of value to each step along the way. Because again, there's tons of studies out there that show that customers do not make a purchase right away at the first click. They click on something, they go through it, then they get all these retargeting ads and all that stuff, and then they go back to the website and they finally buy something. But by then, they've seen like three ads, four emails, you know, uh, Facebook impressions and so forth. So you can't just give all the value, all the credit to to one person. I mean, there's tons of analogies, whether you use sports analogies or whatever. Well, but it's like there's a famous saying in statistics. It goes something like, uh, all models are terrible, but some are useful. And 
there's basically saying it's kind of the same thing as like Winston Churchill when he said, you know, uh, democracy is the worst except for all the other types of government. It's like you're never going to have this perfect system, this perfect modeling that's going to have exactly because at the end of the day, unless you're connecting to someone's brain, you don't know exactly what triggered them to buy. Right. But right. in our opinion and experience, the weight based is much better than, say, last click. Last click is pretty worthless because it's like, okay, yeah, maybe this is the ad that they finally clicked on and bought. But like you said, very few people buy something based on one ad they see. Normally, you need to see 20 different ads and go through funnels and get email marketing before you finally buy. Right. And, and when you go to other methods of advertising like, uh, like billboards, like you said, or even television commercials or even uh, print ads, which are totally obsolete, but still, you know, magazines have a lot of print ads and maybe they reinforce something you've seen before you you may even start with a print ad about some product and then the print ad has a url and then you go to the website and as a result of that they get a cookie or they track you and then you go to facebook you start seeing ads for that and then finally you buy something well the print ad who has no way of tracking you is the first method so on the print ad you probably spend like two thousand dollars for a two-page spread in some kind of magazine or something and you don't oh, know it what it is. on the magazine. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, I'm just giving you a very low rate. But uh, yeah, let's say that you, you place the ad and then you don't really know from the print ad what your attribution is because all they tell you is that we have X number of circulation and then the average magazine is read by 2.75 people, blah, blah, blah. You know, and you say, okay, fine, I want, I want to be on that magazine. But actually, you have very little tracking as far as what that ad is doing or at all. I mean, sometimes you have a specific number for the ad or a URL for the ad or something, but frankly, that's a, like very... Um, yeah, and I, I mean, I read magazines still to this day, actually. I know I'm one of the few people who still reads magazines sometimes, but uh, I don't know if I ever like see a URL in an ad and well, go it, to it. Well, you see. I mean, most of the ads have a URL. They but do, I'm, but I don't know if I like, actually go like, to, to it. To give you an example, last last weekend, you and I went to a bookstore and I started to look at different magazines. I look at magazines from racing and automotive and other stuff. And I like to go to places where I can find international magazines. So in this case, I grabbed a magazine from the UK and it was about racing stuff. And I looked at a system that I liked. Uh, and amazingly, it was a data acquisition system for cars. So I looked at it and I said, oh, this is cool. So I had my phone with me and I typed in the URL from the magazine and then I just basically kept going through the magazine and then I looked at the, at the URL on my phone, just saved it there to look at it more thoroughly yet later. So then I started looking at all that stuff. So obviously I haven't purchased anything, but if, if I did and I start seeing ads for those products and then I go to Facebook or I go to browsing and this and that and, and they start targeting me, I may end up buying and clicking on an ad or something or maybe just going to a website directly and purchase something and then the attribution will probably go to either direct traffic or the Facebook ad traffic or something but nothing goes to the original magazine that sent me to the, to the URL or to the website because there was no specific tracking on the magazine. So the bottom line just to wrap it up is that Yes, advertising works. Yes, traffic and analyzing your advertising results is very important. But it's also equally important to know that no single piece of data is going to give you the full picture or an accurate picture. You need to have somebody or, or an agency or yourself that understands the overall picture and see, first of all, I have this amount to sell versus this amount to brand. The brand is not going to give you direct sales but it's going to give you long-term value or long-term brand equity, which converts into sales. So just look at the picture and say, okay, if I'm investing X amount of money into advertising and every month I get this money back, granted this channel may look better and this one may look worse. It's just not that critical whether one looks great and one looks a little less next month. There's no need to make like quick adjustments every month. I mean, you need to make some global adjustments, but let the advertising do the work and then make sure that you get your ROI. Um, other than that, it's just not uh, something that is going to be extremely accurate to spend a lot of time just trying to reconcile numbers coming from different channels and then seeing that they don't actually match. Any uh, closing thoughts from you, David? No, just, I guess... Uh Basically, branding matters and everything matters. And not every ad is going to make a sale. I would say that, uh, and I, I think people focus too much on the performance of individual ads, individual 
things and and that matters but you have to look at the bigger picture as we said before the bigger pictures matters especially as you start expanding when you start advertising on six seven eight different platforms and other uh maybe non-traditional like uh like we said like a billboard or something uh, you have to look at the bigger picture and just look at your business as a whole rather than looking at individual marketing metrics for certain ads. You know what I mean? Right. And and the other thing that I definitely recommend to any any company that is doing, you know, obviously spending and investing money into advertising is that it's very typical to engage different agencies for different things. And uh, it's also just as critical to make sure that all the different agencies have some kind of common point and they can somehow talk to each other because it's, it, advertising no longer works in silos where you say, okay, I have this print ad or print agency that is going to do all the print advertising and this company is going to do all my analytics and search engine and this is going to do my uh, paid advertising on Google or social media. There needs to be some kind of uh, common denominator so everybody talks to each other and they support each other and complement each other more than saying, oh, my campaign did better or anything, because that's not that's not what the goal is. All agencies need to work towards improving the performance or maximizing the performance of their clients. And the way to do that is by being able to share information and say, hey, we put this pixel here, we have this ad here, and uh, we captured this database that maybe we can upload it to Facebook and target these people for these ads and cross and remarketing them and all that. I mean, you get so much more when you have some kind of common denominator that allows you to do um, cross-platform targeting, which is when you target people between different platforms and cross-domain and all that stuff that is is, uh, is really incredible, especially now, like I said, with so many different channels, you can no longer just, just go to one and the other and treat them independently. You need to treat all the channels as one big army and then make sure that they are all, they are talking to each other. And uh, with that, I think we uh, wrap it up for today. Um, a quick um, show note. I'm not sure if we will have a podcast next week. I will be probably traveling. I'm not sure, I'm not sure exactly if I leave on um, Thursday or Friday next week. I have a trip uh, planned already. Um, if I don't do a podcast on Wednesday, I'll definitely do one the following week. But um, it depends on the schedule. So we'll see. But uh, it'll be announced. Um so this one will be airing pretty soon uh, by Friday. And um, until then, uh, have a great week and weekend, everybody. Goodbye.